Hello. Hello. Uh, are we live? <laughs> we are live. We're live. Ooh. Hey. So I'm back and I'm better than ever. Always. Um, here for the second podcast and we're going to be talking about, I'm going to say, I'm going to try to say episode two. I don't like saying podcast two because like, I, f- I don't know, I just don't like that. So we'll say episode two. Um, this episode is going to be on borderline personality disorder, which I've been diagnosed with and my good friend Alyssa has as well. Um, so I thought we would do an episode on that and just our experiences and kind of what we've gone through and our diagnosis as well as just how it affects us in society today and how it's probably more common than we think. And also it's kind of like a newer, not newer, um, it's probably something that is new information is emerging about this disorder yeah. every year. One of my therapists told me um, that it's uncommon for therapists and other doctors to diagnose people with BPD because of the lack of knowledge that there is. Yeah, yeah. And so that's leading so many people to um, yeah, yeah, to, to Australia. Yeah. Um, like I didn't even when I got diagnosed, I was like, what what's that? Man? Yeah, I like looked it up. I was like, excuse me. I don't know what that is, but now like I feel like there's a bit more awareness. Like Pete Davidson has P- P- uh, BPD. Um, yeah, what a man, myth legend. I don't know who else has it. Um, Trisha Paytas says she does have it. She also has, it. She also has a lot of things. Uh, was she the best, Trisha? Um, <laughs> not like she's <laughs> listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah. A lot, I, it's coming out more. Um, but yeah, I know Pete Davidson is one that has talked about it a lot, which has been good. Um, but before I get into we get into it, I just wanted to say if you relate to anything that we're talking about, or if you feel like you are struggling, please reach out to someone and don't self-diagnose because at the end of the day, me and Alyssa are not psychologists, and we're just here to start awareness and open the conversation and just bring a bit of education for friends and family and whoever um, who may be going through this this stuff. So if you are really struggling, you know who you can go to a professional or you can go to a trusted adult or friend and just reach out. And if you feel like there's no one you can come to, then I will link some um, resources in the description and go to there and, yeah, just reach out. There's no shame in it. And that's what we're here for to prove that. Okay. um, So what is your, not maybe not definition, what is your understanding understanding of BPD? So my... I think the best way to go about this is what we're in my head it works like chronologically so starting from when i was dying so when i started presenting symptoms symptoms yeah and characteristics to when i was diagnosed to where i am today yeah the course of my understanding of bpd and all my other fucking diagnosis like Mm. it all into it it all links up yeah so for when i started presenting characteristics so just for you guys listening be, in order to be classified or, or in order to be diagnosed with BPD, yeah, it's there's um, nine characteristics you have to meet the criteria of. Mm. You have to do a BPD test, and you have to. I think you have to. I'm not. I um, like, you no, it's actually a bit more than that. Yeah. You have to meet like a certain amount of number yeah. of the characteristics to be potentially diagnosed and obviously it's up to the psychiatrist or the doctor to determine whether they think you have it but um some of the symptoms well the nine characteristics are fear of abandonment unstable relationships unstable self-image self-destructive behavior self-harm extreme mood swings feelings of emptiness explosive anger yeah exactly right so i started presenting these the main one for me was this 
like just this destructive, this catatonic feeling of this. I was just going to be abandoned by everyone who loved me, mm. especially the men in my life. Mm. And it took so much therapy mm. to understand where that came from because mm. I was living life. So I was talking to you about this before, George. Like, there's the car theory and the mask theory. Mm. So these feelings, and again, if you guys feel like you relate to any of these theories, it's not like you need to speak up. Yeah. So for so don't long, suffer alone because it's yeah. it only gets worse if so you don't mask speak theory. up. So yeah. this feeling that every person you're with, every group that you're with, you have a mask that you present yourself with, mm. and then when you go home, you take off this mask. And you have nothing left. You have this empty cask, like this casket of nothingness. Yeah. yeah. So I was feeling that. I was every day, every day at school, every day at soccer, every yeah. day at work, every group of people I was around. Yeah. I was this different entity. Mm. So then I'd go home and I'm like, fuck, what do I have left? You know yeah, I mean? of course. So that's like, what, do I, what mask do I wear at home? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the mask theory. The mm. second theory is the car theory. Oh, I'm... Mm. I, I like to call it the car theory. Mm. So it's this theory that you're sitting in the driver's seat, right? You're driving the car. You're going 100 kilometers down the freeway. Yeah. But you look to your left and you see yourself sitting in the passenger seat. Mm. So it's this intertwined reality and you don't know what's real. So you're sitting in the passenger seat and you also see yourself driving. You're like, hang on. I'm actually not driving the car. Who's driving the car? Who is operating me? Yeah. Who's operating this machine? Yeah. Like, who's operating this vehicle? Yeah, I understand that. So that, that links to the feeling of dissociation, which is yeah. one of the characteristics of BPD as well. Yeah, yeah. And, that di- and I lived like fucking like 18 years of my life feeling like dissociation was normal. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was at... Like I do said, you relate de- de-association with depersonalization? Yeah. Are they the same things? Not the same thing per se, but it definitely links up as well. Because I experienced depersonalization, yeah. but I don't really think I associ- uh, um, yeah. well, experienced... What's your experience with depersonalization? Um, it's more like the feeling, uh, like the similar to the car theory, like you're there, but you're not mm-hmm. entirely there. And then you like sit in your head and you're like, wait, where am I? Who am I? Yeah, exactly. What's kind of going on? Mm-hmm. And also like conscious, like making st- decisions that aren't completely conscious. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, that, not like, I don't mean decisions like tying my freaking shoelace. Yeah. Like I mean like major life decisions. Like yeah. I was making them without even thinking or like just kind of, it was like someone else was making them for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, as well as I just didn't have the feelings I was like there. Like I was there having the conversation or having the experience, but I was just like, am I? Like, do I care? Yeah, like, exactly. not really. Or like, is this happening kind of thing? Mm-hmm. That's my experience with it personally. Yeah. But it's been, yeah, it hasn't really, I haven't experienced it too much recently, but I think that is a side effect of medication as well. Absolutely. Um, that's so that's, that yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, continue. Um, thank you. Well, yeah, and so with BPD, so once I was actually properly diagnosed, BPD, so with me, guys, like I'll, I'm complete, I'm a complete open book. So in terms of diagnosis, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2, um, BPD, PTSD, and like panic disorder and all that fun stuff, anxiety. That little, con- that little concoction. Hey. So God was like, hey. hey. Here's a little bit of that. <laughs> um, so the issue I found is like I didn't know what was what and why it was happening to me. Mm, it is confusing. Yeah. So Even confusing for me and I'm like aware of it. Yeah. So, bipo- so I'll explain the differences and you'll be able to sort of tell where I'm coming from. This yeah. Time. So uh, bipolar is a chemical imbalance in the brain. In my sense, it was hereditary. It came down from my mum's side. Mm. And I didn't – my mum – 
love her, great woman, great mm. reward lady. Mm. Can't not love her, loves making lasagna. Yeah. But she just failed to tell me that bipolar runs in my family. Yeah. And she didn't get any help either when she was young or anything. Yeah. So she just thought it would skip over me. Yeah. <laughs> didn't. Uh. Actually, no. <laughs> love it. But, yeah, so that is a chemical imbalance in the brain. That was something I couldn't control. Yeah. Whereas BPD, it's an event, not... It's an experience, not an event. Mm. So the thing with PTSD as well, something that we can talk about, something you and I have in common, George, like Mm. it's an experience as a whole. Mm. So with me, it wasn't until maybe like three weeks ago when I realized that I experienced like shock trauma, shock sexual trauma. Yeah. And I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Like I completely repressed it from my brain Mm. up until maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, But so many little traumas that happened when i was young mm. led up to this inability to oh, bpd process, yeah, yeah. This inability that's what that's yeah. what essentially bpd is a personal personality disorder that it, it's supposed to be like complex ptsd so yeah. it's it's come from events yeah. or situations you've gone through then that's how your personality has developed yeah. to the, so it is a lifelong thing yeah, um so it's not like in the sense where I like to say people can experience depression for months and years, but I also feel like depression is something that can be seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personal experience. I'm not sure for others, but with BPD, it's like, it's my personality. Yeah. Like I can't do many things to, to change those characteristics. Yeah. I can combat them and help them and, yeah. and learn with them and grow with them, but they're a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with anyone who has BPD. Yeah, exactly but right. and and I just like to defi- defiate. I don't know if that's a word. But Deviate. yeah, um, from bipolar is like that's the chemical imbalance, yeah. and then BPD is like uh, aftermath it's of. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, either way, it's not your fault. Yeah. Like nothing's your fault in mental health, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like BPD is more of. A result of things that have happened yeah, exactly. um and it doesn't even have to i feel like that needs to be talked about everyone us underestimates trauma the word of trauma like it's not like you had to be in a massive traumatic event yeah. or like um stuff like that it, it really doesn't matter like trauma can come in any form yeah. and trigger it's warning because yeah. we will be talking about trauma um we'll put that in the description but yeah. i thought i'd chuck it in um but yeah trauma doesn't have to be something massive or anything like that it can be so many different things like um not getting invited to a party yeah no like like literally like when i was younger i used to because i'm a little wog girl like i had body a lot of body hair and ate a lot of pasta like still do had them on a brow yeah exactly but like i was never good at sport right i was never good at sport couldn't run like never got picked on the fucking volleyball team um she like that but that's caused me trauma like in my older years now where like i get so insecure about like running in public and and now that i'm really into like working out and stuff like that like i feel like i need to validate my fitness to other people like oh i'll be like oh like oh not maybe not validate but like i feel judge when i say something like oh, i went for a run today and feel like someone's gonna be like no you didn't yeah, like you ew Le- yeah exactly yeah. but like no one knows yeah, that yeah no one knows that like yeah. like that's just something that i have an insecurity f- from when i was younger not like an actual realistic like assumption that people have but that like trauma can come in any any shape or form so it doesn't mean that i got 
like doesn't mean I had a really bad traumatic childhood or anyone with PPD had a really bad traumatic childhood. They could have, but it comes in different forms and it can come in things that you don't fully understand. And everyone has trauma in some sense. Like it doesn't matter if your childhood was perfect and your mum and dad were so in love and your brother and sister were the best people in the world, which is very unrealistic, but everyone has trauma from any shape way or form if your parents are split if you've fought with your siblings if you've lost friends if you lost boyfriends it's all trauma and it all affects you yes exactly um because like i feel yeah that's one thing i really want to combat in these these podcasts is talk about like it's normal for things to affect you even if you people around you don't validate them being like oh hey that's not a big deal but it is a big deal to you and to i just jumping on that Mm. like it's with my trauma, my trauma, um, <laughs> not anyone else's, mine. Um, I had a very, uh, she like a shielded, a very veiled childhood mm. in the sense of my parents did absolutely everything they could to mm. protect me from anything bad. Yeah, same. But that then caused me to be blindsided as a kid yeah. because I'm not fucking stupid. And then either or, like it goes both ways. Like if you didn't get shielded, then you would have been open to yeah. all that shit and then yeah. you have trauma. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, trauma happens in any fucking way, unfortunately, in society. Yeah. That's why therapy is so fucking important. Please, Please get therapy. therapy. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> Anyone get therapy. I'm pretty sure Harry Styles gets therapy. So that's saying, go. That's a man. Exactly. Oh, probably, bro. Seriously, that's four nipples. Um, (laughs) Imagine having four nipples. I know, that sucks. Um, But it's true. Like, that, and that's, like, that's something if, when I ever have kids, if I have kids, I don't know if I want kids in this fucking stay and age. I don't know if I do. Um, Have a look after myself. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, Not even that. that, I just don't know if I want to have kids in this society at the yeah. moment but if i was to have kids like it'd be so important for me for them to get therapy uh-huh, and like i wouldn't get offended and be like oh i'm causing my kids to go to therapy like bitch, yeah. it's not like that yeah. like i felt like parents get a bit offensive like oh my kid yeah. goes to therapy my it's mom. like yeah it's like what the fuck my what do you don't know what you're mom. yeah it's like bitch you need like yeah i was a bad mom no it's got mate it's not like yeah you're a human. You make mistakes. Unfortunately, those af- mistakes affect your kids. Yeah. And even if you tried your best, you had the best intentions. Like, I'm sure as a mum, I will make mistakes yeah. and I will do things that will fuck up my kid. Yeah. But as a response, the best thing you can do is send your kid to yeah. fucking therapy to get help. Yeah. Like Jumping on that, George. Mm. Like, I think something that we both, if you don't mind me talking about it, oh. of course, um, something we both relate is it wasn't until we were actually in a hospital. We oh, were yeah. hospitalised yeah, yeah. until... Or for me anyway, it wasn't until I was hospitalised for the first time where my parents were like, oh, fuck, we actually need to do something here. Because mm. my parents were always there for me, but they never saw the true extent of what I felt. Yeah. And I was so grateful that I had you as well to be like, like I had a, like to say to my mum, because my mum really didn't want to send me. She really Yeah, no one to, like, wants to send their kids to the fucking psych ward. Yeah. It's not like a fucking trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's scary, especially at our age. We're yeah. pretty young, so yeah. But um, it, like I actually used because obviously you were helping me mm. at that time because I didn't know what to do and mm. I knew that you'd been in that position before. Mm. I said to my mum, like, because my mum's met you, she fucking loves you. Mm. Um, I was just like, see, like, I've, she's done it and mm. she got help and she fucking needed it and she's better off. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let me go get help and she's like, fuck. Right, yeah, yeah, because. Yeah, Cause, yeah, and it just shouldn't get have to get to that extreme where you have to go somewhere that 
you have to ensure that your your safety and stuff like that because there's different purposes for going into a ward um like there's one purpose of um safety like you don't feel safe at home like you feel like you might harm yourself and then the other reason is some people go to get their medication right i was there for both um but I, i as you said i got diagnosed in hospital as well and as i said i didn't know what it what, didn't know what bpd was um but that was a good place for me to get diagnosed because they saw me for three weeks and like they saw, they saw my mood changes yeah. and like my, i saw my psychiatrist every second day and i saw my the nurses every day and they were like writing down my symptoms and writing down my pro my progress and stuff yeah. like that heather did you have heather the, like the blonde lady the really hot one no, she's oh, the hot one, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, the, Sorry, the rude one. No, Heather was fucking beautiful. She was my godsend. I don't know, maybe we had different doctors. Yeah, okay, I don't awards. remember. Um, different wings, anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know, it doesn't sound like, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wish I was here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, she, I had a really good doctor and a really good psychiatrist and really good nurses and they just kind of watched me yeah. and then I had my, got my diagnosis in like my third week and then I stayed there for like, I think I was there four weeks, four and a half. Um, but yeah, it was good because I got on the right medication. Now I've been on the same medication ever since and yeah. that's been awesome. Um, well, not awesome, but like it's been stabilised me. Like I don't really like, I don't, I still have BPD symptoms. Like I have bad fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. bad, but it's getting better. But, like, ex- anger and stuff yeah. is, like, rare. Like, yeah. I've n- never... That's like, so I get, like, angry, but, like, I never do anything about it. Like, yeah. before it was, like, fucked. Exactly. Like, it was, like, punching walls, like, white boy. Yeah. Like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a few... I love my Kyles. I'm sorry, Kyles. Kyle. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle. I have two of my favourite Kyles. Um, but, like, what? Yeah, like, that shit. Yeah. Punching walls. Um... Shit like that, which was... Drinking V's. No, I didn't drink V's. Um, I broke a window once. Yeah. yeah like I had anger issues. Bad. Can I ask? Yeah. So we'll both sort of like touch on this because we both... But this is why you and I fucking get along so mm. well. Because we look at each other like, hang on, it's a fucking mirror. You know that Spider-Man? That yeah. Spider-Man <laughs> meme? Yeah. yeah. So George and I both um, have BPD and PTSD. Mm. What's, tell us what's the difference or what do you feel like? What distinguishes them for you? Um, I'll say PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, by the way, um, is like you get triggered by certain things that link to a traumatic event. Yeah. But BPD is like my personality traits yeah. that have protected me but also are are a symptom of that traumatic traumatic experience. So I'll try to make it more clear. So like PTSD is when I get triggered by something that has caused me trauma. Mm -hmm. BPD is the symptoms of what has protected me from that trauma and what has been a result of it, if that makes sense. Um, And the fears that come from it. So like BPD doesn't cause me stress every day in the sense that like, I am like having panic attacks. When I have a PTSD attack, I'm panicking, like I'm stressing, I have anxiety, I'm crying, stuff like that. Um, But BPD is different because that's just like my daily, like 
I wouldn't say it affects me as much anymore because of medication. Yeah, of but it's always going to be a lifelong thing. I always have those traits like fear yeah. of abandonment. That's like that. me with my bipolar as mm. well. So with my bipolar, for everyone listening, like as I said before, it's the chemical imbalance plus my personality. Mm. So the bipolar causes this thing called mania. So I'll tell yeah. them what yeah. mania is mm. because. I've, I've actually disclosed this to a lot of people. Be like, oh, mania. So when you're manic, when you're happy. I'm like, no, cunt. It's not, fuck, you're not fucking happy. You're not complete opposite. So cunt. Like. <laughs> Two Aussie girls. Fucking uh. We're both wogs, but we will both swear like Aussies. Yeah. Pretty, like pretty bad. But um, so, yeah. So I get this thing called high. So I'm bipolar too. So bipolar runs in three categories. Um, so bipolar one being essentially more manic, less depressive. Bipolar 2, less manic, more depressive. Bipolar 3, and even balance of both. Yeah. So I'm bipolar 2. So it means I get first. So with my with BPD, you get those rapid jumps of like happy, sad, whatever. Yeah, I feel like I need, I need to clarify that. Like with BPD, the mood swings is probably the biggest characteristic. So like um, bipolar is like you can get in states of mania and states of depression for days or yeah, months, days, week, months, weeks, like yeah. however long, right? So like you can be depressed for weeks. But for BPD, it's it's very different in the sense that it changes the whole fucking day. Yeah. So like literally right now, like I'm great. But like the next hour, I might be so fucking depressed. Like not, I won't experience that at the moment because of medication. Yeah. But like normally if I wasn't medicated or wasn't like seeing, seeking therapy how I was normally like before, a few years ago, um, my moods were changing every fucking 30 seconds and that is exhausting. Like it is so fucking tiring. Um, but that's probably the main, main diff. I'll try to say the main difference between those two. Um, but yeah, continue. So with me, so my manic episodes, um, it's called hypermania. So hypermania is when you're experiencing short bursts of mania. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say fortunate cause it's not fortunate, but I mean, I get bursts of mania as I say. Mm. So these episodes, so mania, it's for me, this is clearly subjective. It's like this grandiose feeling of like, I am unfucking stoppable mm. Like there is nothing anyone can do. There's, I could do anything to anyone. I could say anything. Mm. I can fucking, yeah, it's, mm. it's horrible. It's self-destructive. Yeah. And so I'll do all the drugs. I'll fuck all the bitches. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I gotta go. I'll um, drink all, like, I'll break all the rules. Like, I'll do everything. Yeah. Like, I know that's, like, but... It's, it's like, not a good thing. I was just laughing because no. just the way she said it, but yeah. <laughs> Fuck all the bitches. Fuck all the bitches. Like, I'll ruin my life. I'll yeah. do things in 10 minutes that will have long-lasting effects on my yeah. fucking life, and I won't give a shit. Yeah. There's nothing anyone can do to stop me from yeah. doing that. Yeah. And it's ruined my life. Mm. My, mania, like, my manic episodes ruin my life. Like, I was at work... And I just had this, like, I was pretty manic at work. And so I work at, like, a bar. So I was in the restaurant. I was in mm. the kitchen area. Mm. I was like, I could stick my whole fucking arm in this fryer and just, just to see what people do. And I literally walked over and I was, like, putting chips in there. And mm. I was like, I could just shove my hand in here right now. And the kitchen bloke was like, what are you doing? I was like, I actually don't know. I'm going to walk away. So I walked away. But, Thank fucking God. Yeah, but when I was really sick, I would be, like, I would pull over in the freeway and run across the road on the freeway. When, before hospital? Before hospital, yeah. Yeah. So I would, literally, um, I would go into the emergency lane, jump out of my car, run across the road like fucking 15 times. Jesus just Christ. To see, just to see what would happen. And because I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, I fucking have to do something mm. with this energy, with, mm. all this, with all this 
fucking shit. Yeah. Anyway, tangent there. But, like... No, not at all. Um... Yeah, it's a good representation. Yeah, it's just so because I, like, yeah, you I have hyper hypermania is not like a fucking fun thing no. like so at all. I would lash out. I would, so I'd store. So what would happen with like part? And it's so destructive for my relationships with like friends, family. I would store everything that I felt, and I would lash out all at once. And be like, fuck you. You did this, this, and this, mm. this, and this. Fuck you for doing that. You suck. I'm mm. never gonna speak to you again. Mm. And the bloke or whoever is like, what? Kind yeah, like, excuse me. I thought we were good fucking two days ago. Yeah, and they're like, what? Yeah. That happened six months ago. Why is that now? Like, <laughs> All right, that's like, okay, that's oh, that's a common thing. Yeah, that's a very common yeah. thing. Yeah. But do you do it to extreme extent? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, and like, fortunately that I don't have bipolar. Um, but I do get senses of mania. Mm. But, like, it's not hypermania in the sense that I, like, will go run across the street or, like, anything like that. But it's just more like I'm like really, really energized, but I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, wow, yeah, this is such a say. fucking awesome day. I'm just like, let's go. Like yeah. I want to do something. Like, yeah, like, exactly um, it yeah, it's not happiness. So, it's not happiness at all. Um, it's self-destructive and it can it ruins lives. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's very underestimated. Like, do you know Peach PRC mm-hmm. on TikTok? Love she it. has bipolar. Yeah. I don't know which one she has. Um, she's bipolar one. She's more manic depressive. Yeah, same as you, right? Bipolar two. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause she, I always see her post on her manic episodes yeah. and I'm like, Oh God, here we yeah, go again. Like, like I love her. I know. Like, like she's just fucking around. Fucking hospital. My, um, oh God. Here we go. So I literally like rearranged cause there's only like four pieces of furniture in there. Yeah, I know. I fully, I was up at like four o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. So this was before. So I've if got, you were my room, my fucking next door neighbor in the hospital and you were moving yes. your shit around, I would start a brawl. <laughs> I would start a brawl. Fucking can't. Yeah, like, I'm depressed. I don't want to hear your shit. <laughs> so, so this was before. So I've got insomnia, really bad insomnia. Yeah. Um, so this was when my medication wasn't working. Yeah. So I wasn't sleeping. Literally at four o'clock in the morning, I'm putting like moving around my furniture. I'm putting like the the dresses on my bed. I'm moving my bed to the other side of the wall. What? I'm like, I need to do something. You're not allowed to do that. No, like, the what? nurse came and she's like, Alyssa, go to fucking bed. <laughs> she's probably like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh God, I need to. I was like, give me Valium, please. Yeah, yeah. No, because like, at, like when you're at that, that's, it's very hard in that hospital as well. Because it's not like it's fucking run forest run or like it's like <laughs> fucking the hilton like it's beautiful it's actually really nice <laughs> no i need to i need to clarify this as well because i get i get really fucking angry when i shouldn't um because like i don't because like society has put that label on psych wards mm-hmm. that they're like terrifying and i got someone asked me if i got put in a straight jacket mm-hmm. i was like are you fucking serious i was like but like honestly it's not that it's a fair assumption to make, but, like, in today's society, no one talks about it. So, of course, people are going to assume the fucking worst. Yeah. Like, from what they've seen on, like, Girl Interrupted. And, like, no, shit. What a movie. Yeah, film. <laughs> um, but it's true. Like, you don't get put in a straitjacket, first and foremost. There's different wards. There's public wards and private wards. Me and Alyssa both went to a private ward. So, if you have private health insurance in Australia, you can go to a private ward. They're a bit more difficult to get in. You might have to wait a bit yeah. further because public wards are more for, like, immediate... Um, help and stuff like that but it's literally like i like to say it's a sad it's a hotel for sad people um it's literally like your own room you get treated very well 
You get fed and they're fucking – we went to the – we're not going to say the name of the place we went to, but we went to the same ward as well at different times. But um, the chef there, Immaculate. Oh, my God. Why was he the best – he was Santa. I know. He really cooked fucking awesome food. Um, and then, like, obviously I went during COVID the last year, during July when it was pretty bad. So I, we couldn't leave and stuff. But – Usually, like, you're allowed to go out for walks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but, like, it is when you have manic episodes, it's hard. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's very hard to be in there because you can't do anything. But that's for your safety. Because, yeah. like, God knows you would have fucking run across the road and done a dip, dip whippy. Yeah. Like. So, with you, George, um, what treatment did you get while you were in there? Or, like, what treatment did you use that you're taking, that you take out of that into your everyday life like what um therapy what type of therapies do you do oh i do um so in the ward obviously like so people i'll go into this as well people ask like what do you do during the day and basically there's different therapy programs and then you just pick which which one you want to go to so like there's a morning session afternoon uh midday session afternoon session um, and then you just like pick which topics. So there's topics on like self-esteem, drug use, alcohol use, blah, blah, blah. And you just pick which one you want to go that day. Um, and I did mostly the ones on like self-esteem, yeah, people pleasing. So yeah, CBT. Cognitive behavioural therapy. Mm. And then there's DBT, which is... Um, I, I need to do DBT. Do uh, DBT, fucking change your life. Um, well, I've done a bit of it. I did a bit of it because I did the day program at the hospital. Yeah. Um, but... It takes a while to get into the DBD yeah. program because it's like so everyone needs to get into it. Uh, no shit. Um, but like I do a bit, a bit with my therapist. Yeah. But it's mostly like breaking down mm-hmm. like it is DBT in a sense. It, it is DBT. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a bit more of a slower process because I do it like one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably what's been most helpful and medication yeah. as well. But there's still a long way to fucking go. Absolutely. But that's just like that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do DBT as well? Yeah, so I'm with my therapist. So I'm in the day program from the hospital. Are you? Yeah, I do, I do day program. What the fuck? What days? I, I do Fridays, but I'm oh my God. going because the, cause I'm in the like youth program. Yeah. So I want to get into the DBT. I program. was in, I forgot the other, the name of it. Oh. Fuck. What was the other <laughs> options? Do you remember? Was, mate, was about oh, I forgot, but yeah, anyway, gone. Um, so it wasn't the youth one. No, not the youth one. The youth one's all right, but it's mm. just like, a bunch of depressed kids and it's really like sad. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it's everyone's just sitting there and it's like oh. No, I actually loved it. We joked joked about our trauma so yeah, much. Yeah, you do, but it was horrific. Things. Um like even when we were in the ward, like we used to say the funniest shit. Yeah. Like we would go like we'd be in the, the cafeteria eating, then someone would be like like say like as a joke, like be like to the nurse or like you didn't turn down my bed tonight or like where's my where's the turn down service in this place or like just make jokes call it like hotel yeah. name of the ward um and just like shit like that yeah. and i remember one time we went for a walk and trigger warning um but this is this is how we deal with shit uh not deal with shit this is just like yeah we gotta make you gotta laugh some fucking hell in this joint yeah yeah you can't laugh you can't you gotta make anyway we're walking we're going for a walk and the nurse had to take us obviously and we walk across the road and no one looked left to right <laughs> and she turns around she's like are you guys serious like why didn't you look left to right and we all reply we're like babe we're fucking suicidal like why the fuck I would we look left and right <laughs> like someone an idiot like no not an idiot sorry you're a sweetheart babes um but 
yeah, that was just a funny thing. Yeah. But yeah, you do DBT, go on. Yeah, so um, so DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy. So it's essentially resetting the brain, how to process emotion, mm. how to deal with emotion. Mm. So I have this, if anyone's seen the Vampire Diaries, <laughs> shout out to Damon Salvatore. Woo! I love him. So, no, I actually love him. He's actually fucked up my perception yeah. of love. Like anyone who is not above, like like him, I'm like, yeah. get the fuck out. Anyway, go on. Um, so with the vampires, they have they can shut off their humanity, and so when they, so you know when Damon shuts his mouth, yes, often. Goes, fuck you, Elaine. I'll fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's essentially like because I'm a vampire. <laughs> shut up, can't. <Carl. laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's essentially what like you do. You mm. shut off your humanity. You mm. Don't give a flying fuck about anything you say or do. When you're in. Ma- Mania. Oh, when I'm depressive too. Like it's yeah, me too, yeah, actually. When I'm depressive, I'm like that as well. Yeah. Um, but DBT helps. So it's you sort of do this thing called the polyvagal theory, something yeah. I'm working on at the moment. So it's essentially dividing your autonomic nervous system between your um, between the three stages of your ANS. And it's essentially like re- recalibrating the link between your brain, your body, and your mind. Yeah. And so it's, I won't go into emotions with it because. No, no, it's all right. Yeah. No. Um, it's so. It's, it's like, a process. It's so fucking interesting. Anyone. Who, it's good though. Anyone who has any interest in psychology, like, yeah. look into the polyvagal theory. Yeah. Look into, like, B- uh, DBT. Mm. It's so interesting. Yeah. But I use a lot of DBT. Unfortunately, like, like, you and I will be on medication for the rest of our life. I like to think I'm trying to... I'd like to think that eventually I'd probably... Do you reckon? I would probably... I could probably think I can get off antidepressants, but mood stabilizers yeah, I'd totally have to stay yeah, on. Well, from, in my case, I'll be on antipsychotics for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'll be on mood stabilizers, depressants for the rest of my life. The only reason I want to get on get off antidepressants is because they give that overwhelming, numbing feeling. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it makes me more... Maybe, I don't, it makes me more depressed. Yeah, I, think, yeah. um, not, I, won't, I won't say depressed, sorry. I'll just say it kind of like... Um, it's very, very good. Antidepressants are amazing if you're not in a good state of your life and you are suicidal. Mm-hmm. You need to get on medication. Like, I'm, I'm sick of people saying, oh, I don't want to go on medication. Like, it's weird. Like, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. You have a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's not your fault. You need to get the help you need to get. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to shut the fuck up. It's just <laughs> aggression. Um, BBD. Um, but it's true, like... It's not your fault. So why are you feeling like you can't get help for something that's not your fault? It's like you break a leg because someone fucking kicked your leg in and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go get a class because that's like weird or embarrassing. I'm, but, but someone else did it. It's not your fault. Like it's it, not that anyone has caused your depression, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get upset when I'm like people are like, oh, I'm so weird about medication. It's like, I don't care. Like I'm struggling. Like, yeah. like you people are on medication for all different types of physical things why is it so different for mental do you know what a nurse said to me when mm. i was in hospital because i was really having a hard time going on anti- so I, I obviously needed to be on a lot of medication to help me sleep mm. i was so adamant i'm like no i want to be able to sleep i'll need to do it myself and my doctor was like mate get a grip like, yeah you, you need to be on medication so a nurse i was having a breakdown and then my nurse came up to me my day the daily nurse for the day she said to me she's like Alyssa, like Think of like if you had a heart condition, you need to be on medication. Same if thing. You can't sleep. You aren't happy. You need to be on medication. Mm. Like it's just something that you—that's your reality. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, you're just gonna have to suck it up. Yeah. Stop trying to avoid a ra- reality. <laughs> yeah, <fuck. laughs> stop trying to avoid a reality. Like, 
and because it's mental, like people are so more opposed to it. But if a doctor told you to go on medication because you were sick, you would fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. And, you know, if people have problems with medication, like that's fine. That's on them. I'm never going to force someone to take medication. It's not my place. But that's my opinion on it because personally it's changed my life and um, it's made me. That makes me so happy to hear. Thanks, P. Um, it's made me in such a better mental state and like I'm vibing. Um, I hate that word, but whatever. And I just I want to try break down that stigma because if a doctor's telling you to go on medication, they're not doing it for fucking fun. They have to go through paperwork. They have to put in effort to do that. It's not for fun. Um, but also put into that, it takes a bit of time to get on what suits you, um, which is fine. It takes time, but that's just like, as I said, it it it's changed my life. So. And people have different experiences with it. But everything takes time. Everything good takes time in life. It's the same thing with like a workout routine. Like the first time you start working out, you might not be – that might not be doing things for you. Or like a certain gym might not be for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Um, Couldn't explain that better myself. But, yeah, that's a a big thing that I've struggled with with talking to people about mental health because they've all been so weird about medication. But I'd like to think that one day I could get off antidepressants just because I'm in such a better stable place. But if if but I wouldn't risk it unless I was like 100. Yeah. percent I'm in a good place. I, I am 100. percent But like obviously I need to take into not 100 percent like 98. Um, <laughs> you're never gonna be 100. percent Yeah, you're never gonna you're never gonna be 100 percent life, and that's fine. Um, but Unless my doctors and my psych were like, yeah, I think you can go off it, yeah. then I'd go off it. Um, Professionally, yeah, of course. It's their fucking no. Like, how would I, I know? Um, but it's just more like because I want to fully experience feelings and like I feel like I can't when I'm on medication. But at the same sense, if I fully experience feelings, then I'm fucked by PPD yeah. and I'm just suicidal, manic, and shit like yeah. that. So um, I'll wait till I'm in like a place, like maybe when like I'm married or who knows married or like in a stable job Mm -hmm. like things will be in a better place that I am not shifting and changing so much so then like I will feel like I can be off medication but we'll see it doesn't it doesn't phase me too much but um I'm grateful for it and I'm grateful for therapy as well because it's been such a massive change in my life to be able to talk to someone in like a theoretical sense about why I feel the way I feel mm-hmm. instead of just sitting there crying and people underestimate that people are like oh I have to go to therapy I'm going to sit there and fucking bore your eyes about how your mum left you no no that's not what it's like I don't I think I've cried like once yeah. I don't even think I've cried honestly no. oh like oh okay cool sorry girl um well, not with my current therapist, but my other ones. Um, my other ones I've probably cried with, but this one I haven't. Um, and because we talk in a very, like, structured, um, informative and just helpful sense. Because I don't really have much to be, like, crying about, to be honest. Um, at the moment in life. But we talk in, like, a sense of, like, okay, you felt this emotion. Why do you feel this way? And what does it link to? Um, like I was explaining to Alyssa before, one thing that people that I do is I use the same coping mechanism for a lot of the same a lot of 
a lot of situations. But in reality, you need to use different coping mechanisms for different situations. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to break down. But obviously it takes time to relearn, but that's what you do with DBT as well. Exactly. But I want to get back into the day program. Yeah, but it's just... Well, maybe we should go to the same fucking day. Oh, God, please, no. Mate, I used to go... We all, like, Everyone used to smoke outside because that's like the only social event. Yeah. And anyway, I was sitting there talking to the smokers and... I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about like trauma. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this girl comes up and she's like, I was like, oh, what program are you in? Or something like that. She goes, do you think I'm mentally unwell? And I was like, oh, like, I like assume so since like we're like at the day. She's like, I'm joking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, he shit my pants. Like this older lady, like I thought I really hurt her, like offended her. Like she was here for a kid or some shit. And then she was like, I'm just, I'm fucked up. I was like, hey, join that club. It was so funny. you got to fucking have a sense of humour. Oh, you do. That's how it gets get you through, bro. Oh, I say, we. I used to say the most funny shit in the groups. But then obviously we can talk deep yeah. and stuff like that. But like. When it's something as heavy, sometimes you need to lighten it up. Um, And that was, that was really, (laughs) all the people there were really great. Never really had an issue with anyone. I got along with pretty much everyone. But then like you, thanks. But you, I also like kept to myself in the ward as well. Because I was like, I need to like learn. Yeah, that's what the first thing the nurse said to me. She's like, don't make friends. Mm -hmm. I did. Um, And some of them are fabulous. Not all of them are fabulous. Um, I made I made friends with this, and he'll never hear this because he's seventy. Um, he he actually shout out, to him. shout out to yeah him. I'm not gonna say his name. Not that it matters, but um, anyway, I made friends with him, and he was the most gorgeous man in the world. And I remember I don't even remember how I met him, but he was going through a lot as well, and he had he we had the fucking best chats in the world like just talking about how he has experienced anxiety since he was like fucking five and had no idea what it was and like got to like 15 he's like what is going on like I'm so confused like thought he was so like thought he was actually sick like physically sick because he was experiencing so much anxiety and then he finally got to like his 50s and he's like holy fuck like this is what's happened and then um and that's obviously why he's gone in the ward to like deal with it. And he's like, look, I'm so sad to see you in like, you're a beautiful young girl. Like I'm sad to see you at 19 in, into a psych ward, but I'm happy because like, you're so educated. You're so, um, you realize your issues and you're going to deal with them, but I don't get to deal with them. Cause I don't have like, not that he doesn't have long left, but like he's an older man and he has to redo 70 years of trauma and 70 years of, um, the way he's lived and changed that. So like his anxiety isn't as bad, but like we don't have to deal with as much years as they would. And I was always, and I was friends with like older people, like people in their forties and fifties. And they were always saying the same shit to me. Like, thank God you're here, but like sad, but yeah. And even like, they'd say like, I wouldn't be able to grow up in your era. Like, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. And I, we will, and we're nearly done, but I will say, um, we'll talk about one last topic is BPD and, abandonment especially in the 21st century and like our society with social media and stuff and this is something that affects me really badly and my friends will know um shout out to the sisters and like because your fear of abandonment is like 
so bad that you think any any um, sort of sign of someone leaving gives you instant anxiety. And because of fucking social media, you're in contact with everyone 24 fucking 7. And you can see when everyone's active, even though Facebook, you dog, Mark Zuckerberg, always accidentally puts people active by like when they're not. Like I was with my mate the other day and she was like not on her phone. Her phone was fucking across the room. She hadn't been on it for 10 minutes and I went on my phone and said she was active. And I was like, this shit happens all the time. It's like I'm sitting there stressed. Someone's mad at me. Like, or they've replied okay in lower caps, you dogs. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, so dog. Uh, yeah. Um, and and they're not even on their phone, but, like, I think that they are. And I get anxiety. I'm like, oh, my God, they hate me. They're going to leave me. Yeah. Even though my therapist says, she goes, a reason that people with BPD get that fear and they're like, oh, my God, someone's going to leave me. You just got to think, okay, if they do leave, what's the worst that's going to happen? You lose a friend, you lose a boyfriend. Okay, but you will survive. Mm-hmm. You will, you're going to live. That's going to hurt, but like you're going to live. Mm-hmm. So I always try to like go back to that. But in the in today's society, it's so hard because like you you get a, I get a really bad feel like if I haven't talked to a friend for a couple of days or like um, stuff like that and they're blunt or anything like that, I get so upset and I'm like, not so upset, but I get upset and I'm like, oh no, like I hope I've done anything wrong. But that person doesn't owe me anything to be texting me 24-7. It's not their fault if they're not on their phone. And that's something that I'm trying to work with as well and just kind of like not self-reflect because if someone is a good friend and I re- I will only really respect people and love people who if they did have an issue with me would come to me and be like, hey, G, like you did X, Y, Z. I don't like this. Can we talk about it? Um, and if they're not going to do that, then fuck them anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, like, me and Alyssa had a bit of a, not an issue, but, like, we had a, what do I even say? Just a small tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she literally messaged me and was like, hey, like, are you free? Can we have a chat? And I was like, hey, like, sure, what's up? And then she just voice memo me and then voice memo back and we sorted it. That's, like, what, what. That's something that we don't get every Yeah, and I wish I got that because I hadn't had it in the past. So, um, and obviously, like, we being a teenager and like when you're young and shit like everyone talks behind each other's backs and and one person's mad at each other but the other person doesn't know and like that has caused me trauma and it causes everyone trauma like it's just a normal thing in society that like like it's a fucking high school mentality that's just what happens but it's caused me trauma in my older life now because now I'm I get fearful of someone's upset with me but they haven't like confronted me but then now I'm just like if someone's not going to confront me then they're not really a good friend anyway mm-hmm. unless I've fucked their dad like that's different I haven't um but uh, yeah um don't fuck me anyway um <laughs> it, but, it, but it's true like if um a friend hasn't said that to me then I don't really want to be friends with them anyway like because I would do it to them like it's all right if it takes a couple of days to say something but I want someone to turn around and be like hey you've upset me here like can you see that or like even if it's like I don't want to be your friend like at least just be honest about it kind of thing um instead of just like talking shit behind your back but like I'm not going to say I'm innocent because I'm not because we've all done that we're all fucking one of the things as well like something that I feel like I experience a lot when it comes to social media with friends partners ex-partners whoever like they'll post something like you'll see say you have there's another boyfriend and girlfriend you see on instagram and they're mm. posting cute shit and they're doing cute shit you're like why the fuck is my partner not fucking doing that with oh. your best friend like with 
like a group, let's say a group of girls are out and they post on their Instagram, they post on their stories, like drinking and shit. Like, why the fuck did I get in, in an invite? Yeah, like, I know. Fuck that really shit. It's really not that deep. Like, yeah, I know. Nine times out of ten, it's really. Nine times out of ten, it's just, yeah, it's just not like that. And even if it is, fuck them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't want to be friends with those people anyway, bro. Yeah, exactly. Or you don't want to be dating that person anyway. But, like, that doesn't, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, fucking yeah. problem. As well as, like, when people show boyfriends and girlfriends and friends on social media, it doesn't always mean that they're still cool friends. Yeah. Like, it really doesn't mean it at so all. Annoying. And I said it in the first podcast. I was like, even people posting photos of themselves being like, woo, like, I'm happy inside. They're like, yeah. Yeah, they look at Like, I've said, I've posted photos when I was so fucking depressed, acting like I was fucking Timbuktu chilling. I wasn't. I know. Um, like I acted like I was fucking Lady Gaga at the Oscars. I, I wasn't. Six yeah. <laughs> no, that's the Met Gala, bro. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just really wasn't. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big thing with BPD with social media. So like saying off, getting addicted to your phone is very easy. Um, so easy because you rely on it because it's making you feel like you're not connected you're, you're connected to people and you're not going to lose people because you're always in constant contact and that's one of the things i'm combating now the rest are pretty good at the moment like with explosive anger and stuff um shifting self-image like that's gotten a bit better but with that excuse me there needs to be like i'm, I'm working on that because um Oh, so unhealthy, dude. Because, like, I always want to be in constant contact with fucking Tom, Dick and Harry. Like, I don't need to be talking to everyone. Like, no one needs to hear my voice enough. I saw this TikTok today and was like, I really want to be mysterious, but I can't shut the fuck up. And I was like, that's me. I was like, I want to be, like, this cool collected indie girl on Instagram. Not Maybe not indie, but, like, just, like, cool fashion icon. I, I don't shut the fuck up. We've been talking for 50 minutes. Like, uh, yeah. We'll finish soon, but um, like I just don't shut the fuck up. So I don't know, we'll be mysterious. Eh? Uh, no, I can't. I can't. You can't be mysterious when you have BPD because no, you don't I'm shut the fuck up. up. Seriously. Because like everyone's got to know your trauma and your traumatic events. You need validation. Like. Yeah, exactly. You need validation. Um, and that's the biggest thing I talk about with my therapist is self validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what I'm working on, which is why, like, hence the gym and hence. Yeah. Like doing this and yeah. I'm um, so glad to be a part of it. Thanks. Um, bye. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, anyway, we'll end it here because I'm afraid that we will probably say some um, exposing stuff about ourselves because we get deep in that conversation. Yeah, but not really. Like everyone knows, um, I have issues. I got issues. You got them too. Um, Anyway, yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you've gotten through this whole thing, congratulations. Um, You win a present. It's my voice saying hello. Um, I will leave some resources in the bottom in the description. If you're needing help, please seek help. As we said, go see a therapist if you need some help. Even if you don't need some help, even if you want to learn and grow as a person, see a therapist. There's help out there to grow and get better as a person and feel better in general because it's so understandable to feel shit in this fucking society like people underestimate how hard it is out here and as i said older people have come up to me and been like i wouldn't be able to do the shit you guys do so be proud of yourself and get help if you need and thank you for listening and lots of love thank you Alyssa, for coming on and 
chat and shit with me. Anytime, mate. Oh, okay. Why'd you call me mad? I didn't like it. Okay, bye. bye.